Ephesians 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for the adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us, in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guidance of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. Amen. You may be seated. So, whoops, sorry. They found me. Um, and uh, I'm just overwhelmed by this passage to me. I, the, the more I hear it, the, the more I just, I, you know, I confess to you. It, it's so, it's one of my most favorite passages in all the Bible. It's had, it's had, had the biggest impact on my whole life. Um, and and the more I hear it, the more I'm overwhelmed by it. It's too fabulous and too wonderful. Uh, and uh, I wish I wish I could just uh, communicate that in in some efficient way. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, is that me? What's going on? It will be fine. Well, continue on. Oh, is it hidden? Oh, maybe could be. Anyway. Uh, so let's open with prayer. That's a good time to start. If you ever feel overwhelmed, it's a good time to pray. Father, your word is rich and wonderful, and the truth is so beautiful and amazing. And so we come humbly to you today through what you have told us about yourself, about us, about the reality in which we live. Lord, we come humbly and ask you to teach us today. Teach us all and encourage us, every single individual, no matter where we are in our walk with you, our, where we are in our lifestyle. Lord, we know that there's, there's trouble. You've 
you said that directly. And you said, you said in me, in Jesus said, in me you will have peace, but in this world you will have trouble. So, but be of good cheer. Be confident. Be positive. Because we know, O oh Lord, that you have overcome the world. You've already won the victory. Even though uh, the battles, the skirmishes go on. And we, we also want to mention specifically our, our sister Carolyn Davy. She's been really ill. It seems like a fever or something. And I just pray for healing and help in her life. Uh, we also think of Juliana Isaac, who has been diagnosed with a very serious cancer and being treated for that. We pray for your grace and help in her life. We pray for healing and deliverance. Um, there's many needs in our body, uh, but we lay them all at your feet, asking for your mercy and grace and thanking you for, in the big picture, we have heaven to look forward to. You have overcome the world. So, we commit this time to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, amen. So join me as we look at this uh, passage of scripture. I'm still, I'm kind of working into verse 11 today. Last week, we looked at 7, 8, 7 and 8. So we're picking up at verse 9, 10 and 11. Uh, but it's, by the way, one of the wonderful things about this, it's, it's one sentence in, in the Bible, from verse 3 through 14, is actually one big, long, you know, we, in English you'd say that's a run-on sentence. You know, you've got to break that into parts. Uh, but it's actually one big, long, thoughtful sentence. And it's kind of the preamble, like we the people, in order to form a more perfect union, you know, it's that kind of thing, uh, composed and well thought through and laid out there. There's a few of these in the Bible. Another one is in John, the very beginning of John. Um, it's beautiful, beautiful sort of preamble, beautiful words, well-crafted and thought through. And we learn so much about reality and life and who God is through this passage of Scripture. So again, let's just work through uh, focusing in on 7 through 11 reviewing quickly what we looked at last week. It says, in him, and verse 7, you see that? In him. This passage is referring to Jesus Christ over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, over and again. It's all about Jesus Christ. In him, in him. And that in him specifically goes back to the previous word was the beloved. Uh, Jesus Christ is the one who's especially loved by God. He's the only Son of God. And three times while Jesus was on the earth, God's voice boomed down from heaven. Uh, other people could hear it. Some people thought, well, what was that? A clap of thunder? What, what's going on here? But God spoke in the prevalent language at the time. There's a good question. What language did he speak? He probably spoke Aramaic, uh, would be the best guess, because that was Jesus' mother tongue. That's what he, he spoke. And even when he was suffering on the cross, he, Jesus broke into Aramaic. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. Um, and what God said, as he boomed his voice down from heaven, 
This is my beloved son. And there's, it's stretched a little bit, as he said it a few times, like I said, three specific times. This is my beloved son. And one time he said, in whom I'm well pleased. And then another time he said, listen to him. Jesus is the word of God. He's the communication from God. So in this beloved one, we're saved. We're saved because God loves him. And in Jesus, we're forgiven. And we're loved in the beloved one. In him, we have redemption. We talked about that last week. I put the big word up here. It means that he paid the price for our sins. We're free. The the penalty has been paid. It implies that we had a huge debt. This is a part of the, the truth of God, is that we come to God as we owe him a moral debt. We've We've sinned. We've done what's wrong. We have a debt that's overwhelming. We're, we're underwater, impossibly underwater. You know, like you, you'll never, ever pay this off. You can't pay it off. Um, and so we come uh, humbly saying, here's my debt. Please help me. Uh, redeem me. I need a Savior. I believe Jesus died for me in my place. That's the gospel. We're redeemed through the Redeemer. One of the cool things about the Bible is uh, it it stretches. It's over uh, years, about about 1,600 years is the period of time the Bible was written. And yet it has a consistent message by all of those different authors as well, human authors, because God is the superseding author of the entire book. And, and Job is some of the oldest writings in the Bible. And he said, I know that my Redeemer lives, and in my flesh shall I see God. It's like, wow, <laughs> this massive information that Job uh, had for us. And that's us too. I know my Redeemer lives, Jesus is alive. And in my flesh, because of my Redeemer, I will, I will stand before God. I will be resurrected with Jesus. Uh, it says, in him we have redemption through his blood. Jesus paid the price through his blood, which is the forgiveness of our trespasses. It's a part of what sometimes is called the Our Father or, or the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Um, Trespasses, I made a point of that. Remember last week, it's not singular. You know, like that one little mistake I made. No, it's a pile. It's more like a landfill. So I got this glorious picture of a landfill. Um, I, I love, I get to commute uh, on a motorcycle. It's my, it's my vehicle of choice. I ride, and we live about 20 miles up the coast in a little housing place called Oak Hills, right by Castroville up there. So I come down the coast. It's like the, the world's best commute, just about. I get to see the Monterey Bay every day. I never mind. I, I've been doing it 22 years. I, 
I haven't got tired of it yet. Maybe, maybe this week I'll get tired of it. <laughs> oh, the water's always different, and it's always lovely. Uh, but there's this thing with the, the, the breeze, okay? Uh, sometimes, I think it's called a land breeze, and that is when the, the wind is coming off the land and blowing out over the bay. And as you pass just north of Marina, on a motorcycle, you smell everything. <laughs> and what do you smell? The landfill, okay? It's a stinking pile of your garbage. <laughs> and mine too, okay? And it smells the high heavens. And, and honestly, that's our trespasses. They smell. They, they produce methane. And they produce lots of nasty smells. Uh, we are, we're a mess. Jesus takes care of the mess. He cleans us and takes it all away abundantly. And so the text says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness, and that's the, the releasing of our debt, our debts, our trespasses, the pile of methane-producing trespasses. And how is this? It's according to the riches of his grace. See, now the theme of this big run-on sentence is grace. In, in Jesus. Did I mention it's, it talks about Christ? I think I said that over and over again. Uh, and, and so if you're looking for, there's kind of, people say well, there's three parts to this hymn of praise, verses 3 through 14. And, and the, there's a, uh, a chorus that, you know, after you sing a verse, you sing a chorus. And the chorus is, verse 6 is, to the praise of his glorious grace. Then verse 12 is, to the praise of his glory. And then the final uh, refrain, the final chorus is verse 14, to the praise of his glory. Uh, this, this is so awesome. This is what gets me. What is glory? Glory is this revelation of the actual nature of who God is. And it's bigger and better and sh shinier and more amazing. And it... it, it it, for us, it's an out-of-the-body, ecstatic experience of all that is right and good and wonderful, all things right and beautiful. Uh, God loves me. Christ took away my pile of manure. He took all of that stinky mess of my trespasses. And so I praise His glorious grace. His kindness to me. This is the gospel. In it, unmerited kindness and an active, powerful kindness. And that is grace to the praise. We're here, we're here to worship Him in His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. That's uh, verse 6. So, and seven, we're working through according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. So I went to overflowing waters. I mentioned a flood, in, a significant flood in California at Lake Oroville in the, in th about three years ago, February of 2017, one of our huge reservoirs. This is Lake Oroville. We have a whole bunch of reservoirs. Would that we'd make more of them, but that's my political opinion. <laughs> 
Anyway, but we, they don't fill up all the time. They don't fill up very often at all. And, 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 but in, in, in February uh, 2017, three years ago roughly, we had a lot of rain, and the Oroville Lake was filling up, and this emergency overflow was used, and it started to decay. It hadn't been maintained very well. We don't need it. We're in a drought forever. <laughs> but, and it started to decay, and this is the kind of the normal thing. And it was, they were worried about eroding this entire thing, and actually I read that they evacuated 180,000 people out of that whole area for fear that the whole lake would collapse and flood and it would be a ma massive disaster. All, and all I'm saying by that is, let's, let's just get an idea of which he lavished upon us. You know, how much grace does he have? He's here to, he's here to pour it out on you, to lavish. You know, imagine you, money is no object at all, and you check into the, you know, the best hotel in the world. And everything is perfect. Everything is wonderful. The, the coffee's excellent. Everything is, you know, fantastic. The towels are so amazing in these places. Um, that's to be, it's to be lavished upon us. And that's, you know, that is going back up to the verse 3. Blessed you know, that's to say good things, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I mean, to be a believer is to be receiving that. Uh, look at those words. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Again, the promise is not that you come to Jesus and your life here in the next 60 years is going to be perfect. No, that's not the promise at all. The promise of the gospel is not personal peace and affluence while we're here on the earth at all. That's not what he's saying here. We have something better than that. Yes, it's pie in the sky. Okay, that used to be a common criticism. Oh, you just believe in pie in the sky. Well, I happen to love pie, and I don't mind looking forward to it. Do you? <laughs> I mean, a, a week from next Sunday night, join me, we'll eat some pie. It'll be good. We'll have, we, there, on that screen, I don't know if you noticed, but there were some pecans that were like this big. There was a weird scale thing going on there, but I just, show me that pecan. <laughs> I'm being silly, but I'm not. That's what the gospel is. It's every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I'm not ashamed to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the salvation for everyone who believes. What's the cost? Believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. Anybody in your household who believes is available to them as well. All right, moving along. Sorry. Uh, what do you think? Still? Okay. Oh, yeah. Never mind. All good. Turn, turn to page two. <laughs> okay. Let's look at the text. We're getting into 
according to riches which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. This is huge. Because this salvation that I've been trying to describe is from the mind of God. The mind of God. And, and you can't you can't surpass his wisdom or intelligence. That's a good translation. His wisdom and insight, his intelligence. He's all wise. He's all knowing. And it's the riches. Uh, in Romans eleven thirty three is one of my favorite benedictions. It says, oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. I mean, I can't understand. His ways are past finding out. So in his wisdom and his perfect knowledge, he has worked this salvation and he's made known to us the mystery of his will. Made known to us the mystery of his will. We wouldn't know this salvation if it weren't for God's work to reveal it to us. He reveals this truth to us by his grace and by his power. Um, according to his purpose, he has made known to us the mystery of his will. So I want to spend just a minute on this. I have a slide. God, who made his light shine... He's the one who said, let there be light. He made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So that says it all. When we come to the gospel and God has opened our, our hearts and minds to see this truth, we're, we're looking at the... We, we have, look at, again, read the sentence. To give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. We're called to know a bit of how glorious God is. The glory of God in the face of Christ. We are blessed to know the gospel. Here's a few, here are a few references I'd like you to, to hear. First Peter, you can jot down these things and read them later on your own too. But first Peter 2 9. So this is from Peter. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So if you're looking for purpose, why do you exist? What, why does God still put up with you? Why doesn't he just take you home? You know, I'm tired of you. You're never going to get this right. No, he leaves us here for this purpose so that we will, in his light, we'll get to know more and more of the glory of God and be able to communicate it to other people. We're here to, to represent God on this earth. That you, may, this is again, 1 Peter 2, 9. Why are you here? That you may proclaim you know I love that verb. It's not the word share. Let me share with you. 
It's much more masculine than that. I'm here to proclaim the truth to you. Uh, And you want to do it lovingly and carefully, for sure. But God's truth is strong and robust. And we we don't say, well, here's here's another truth that you might want to add to your list of truths that you're, you're toying with. God's truth comes in and there is one God who created the earth and he has revealed his glory in Jesus Christ. That you may proclaim, again, 1 Peter 2, 9, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Colossians 1.13, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. See, the, the role of revelation here that he has made known to us. Verse 8, verse 9, making known to us the mystery of his will. And here's Second uh, Corinthians Four six. Uh, this is a yeah. We already read that one, so we'll move 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 on. Okay, let's look and see what the text says. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will. God, what are you doing on this earth? Mystery has been revealed to us according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. Don't. Why is that so important? Well, think about it. All of this grace comes through Jesus Christ alone. No one else. No one else needs to help Jesus get this done. It's exclusively his work. Uh, and he is completely capable of doing all this. We should completely trust him. He's the Savior. Uh, and he is always, he's infinite, able, completely. He's the Lord of hosts, the Lord of all capability uh, to, to save us. According to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, verse 10, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth, in him we have obtained an inheritance. That's kind of interesting, that phrase there. <clears throat> Again, in Christ. In, and it, it, it reads like this. In him, we either are his inheritance, which is a biblical truth. Uh, Christ, we, he in, inherits us. And we're a gift from God the Father to God the Son. The church is a gift to God the Father. But... In this context, most Bible commentators agree that, as, as it's translated here, that we've obtained an inheritance. It really means we've obtained a, a share, a part, you know, sort of a, a parcel of land. Uh, we've, we've inherited something in Christ. This Christ, who in the fullness of time will unite all things in himself, things in heaven and things on earth, in him you've obtained an inheritance. We are fitting in to this colossal plan of God that in Jesus, he's going to make all of this world fit together and work purposely, 
perfectly uh, in his time, in the fullness of time, uh, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. The fullness of time is important. Remember back in Galatians, which is an earlier book, Paul said, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son to be born of the Virgin Mary. Just the perfect time Christ was born uh, for us. And, and this is saying, in God's perfect timing, Jesus is going to put all of this back together. Now, I mentioned a couple of times uh, in my preaching last week and over the years, th this is uh, English letters of, of two Greek words, ta panta, and it's in the book of Revelation too. Behold, I make all things. The all things is really in Greek this word, two words, the, which is ta, and panta is all. It's a plural, and it is neuter, meaning it means all things, okay? But it's just the all is what it really says. And it's over and over in the Bible. It's in verse 10, to unite the all, ta panta, in him. He's, Jesus Christ is here to save us, and he died for my sins. Yes, he died because I, I was a major trespasser. And when you ride your motorcycle by me, if the wind's going wrong, you're going to smell my stink. And you're going to say, that guy stinks. You know, I'm glad I'm not him. <laughs> he smells worse than I do, right? <laughs> so we, as we always say. But the truth is, we all are in that. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's salvation. Uh, but this, so this word, but, okay, here's what I'm trying to say. Yes, it's all personal. It's me. I get saved from my skin. My, my skin, perhaps, but I went to say my sin. Uh, but that's a part, that kind of a small part of the massive plan where Jesus is here to bring everything back together. Uh, the all. And, and how can he do this? Well, look at verse 11. In him you have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose, and there's all of these huge sovereign words in this passage, controlling, you know, proclaiming words, to the, according to the purpose of him who works tapanta. He, and that, by the way, is, it's a, a participle. Uh, the one who is working, and it's a present, active participle. This is this is huge, guys. Don't look bored and 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 and, and sleepy, because it's irritating. <laughs> no, you're not looking bored and sleepy. This is this is the biggest thing ever. This word, this one word. This is this is where we should we should all base our entire theology on who God it actually is. See? Who is this God who saved us, who gave us grace and the forgiveness of sins? Well, guess what? That salvation and his choice of you 
toward salvation is a, 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 a subset of the bigger set of he is the one who is actively now working all things, tapanta, after what he's previously decided everything should be. He's all, that's what he says here. Who works, and again, present active. He is the one who is working right now all things according to the counsel of his will. Let's pause for a minute and think about uh, God's creation. I, I, I love creation. I, I, think, I believe that God created this world. And, and what's this, you know, the smallest particle that humanity discovered a long, long time ago was the atom. And of course, the funny thing is, the irony is, that's Greek, atom means atome. You can't cut it, okay? You can't divide this particle, which of course is really funny because we're still dividing it and still finding quarks and all kinds of weird stuff inside the atom that we never knew was there, right? But the atom is, is amazing. And one of the most amazing uh, atoms, no, no, that's not true. A typical amazing atom is, the, is hydrogen, okay? Hydrogen happens to be about 75% of the entire universe. Did you know that? 75%. Uh, it is the most abundant element in the universe. It is hydrogen, and it makes up about three-quarters of all matter. Helium makes up about 25% uh, of the rest. Oxygen is the third most abundant element in the universe. All the other elements are relatively rare. So hydrogen is huge. Why do I bring this up? Because you know what, anything about hydrogen? Uh, what, what is hydrogen? Well, it's this element that makes up the mass of the universe. But check this out. Did you know this? I think you did know this. Marvel at God's creation, the hydrogen atom. What is the space in inside a hydrogen atom? Well, it's this. It's the empty space is that number, you know, 99 point, I think I counted 13 or 14 nines, 6 percent. That's empty. That's nothing inside of this most prominent of all the matter in the universe. Uh, this is from a web page. A hydrogen atom is, a, is about that number, empty space. To put it another way, if a hydrogen atom were the size of the Earth, the proton, that means the center of it, at its center would be about 200 meters or 600 feet across. I mean, how, how tiny is that? And then they make the comment, while I wouldn't want something that big to land on my head, landing on my head, it's tiny compared to the size of the Earth. And I happen to have decorated my head one more time with something hard landing on my head, so there's a little bit of irony there. I, I put up this uh, metal bracket up on a ladder, and then came and moved the ladder, <laughs> and ping boom it, oh, there I go again. I, I'm always doing this. It's, I'm so stupid. What is my point of this? My point is this. God is an amazing creator, and it just blows you away the nature and reality of what he has made. And, and the Bible, let's look at Colossians, which is the next book. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, two, two books down. I just want to look at the very first part, because it's 
very similar to our text for today. Right at the very beginning, talking about who Jesus is. Let me check my time. Perfect time. Colossians 1. Listen and read along with me. Verse 15 and following. Speaking about Jesus Christ. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, guess what? Ta pontas, the all. For by him, ta pontas, were created. All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, you know, or dominions, you know, whether it's uh, Democrats or 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 uh, Republicans, or Donald Trump, or or uh, Nancy Pelosi, or Barbara Boxer, who's no longer in office. Diane Feinstein, uh, our you know, our mayor, etc. All these all these people were created uh, by him, or rulers or authorities. All things tapantas. There's nothing excluded from him. All things were created through him and for him. So these hydrogen atoms were created by him and for him, and he is before tapantas. And in him, tapantas holds together. What holds this universe that's 75% hydrogen, that in that hydrogen is 99.9999999996% empty? <laughs> What's out there? What is the energy holding it all together? I don't know, but the Bible says Jesus does it. <laughs> okay, Who is this Jesus? He's not finite. He's infinite. This is our Savior. This is the one that we worship. This is the one that all things point toward. He is the creator of heaven and earth. Here is uh, Ephesians 3.9, by the way. To bring to light, in other words, we're coming to it, Maybe, if the, if the Lord tarries and if I, if I don't die. Uh, Ephesians, we might get to Ephesians 3. <laughs> I'm planning to in 2021. Ephesians 3, 9. And to bring to light to everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created Tapanta. What is the nature of God? He's the creator. And he's doing something with his creation. He's going to bring it all together. Here is uh, Revelation 4.11. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created Tapanta. You created all. And by your will they existed and were created. Okay, so that's great. So why do we have to fix it then? I mean, you created it. What is wrong? Well, the Bible tells us that it's, it's chaotic now because of sin. Man rebelled against God, and God cursed the entire creation. He broke his own system. That's what cursing is. I know that sounds really weird, but that's the truth. He broke it in punishment on our sin, 
and he's the one who fixes it ultimately in Jesus Christ, our Savior. I also want to point out, as I come, I'm coming to a conclusion here really quickly, I want to point out something profound here. Because everything else I said was just trivial up to this point. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, notice, dear friends, the, uh, how important is morality and ethics in the whole global system, in, the, in all of cosmology, in, in, in the all, how important is right and wrong? How important is sin? How does Jesus fix it? How does God plan to fix the whole chaotic, broken system? His solution is through this, the most beautiful, ethical, moral act ever, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And, and see, the real, the, as crazy as it sounds, I mean, it does sound a little crazy, but the whole, the whole world is broken because of sin. Ethics and morality are profoundly important. And when God fixes the ethics and morality through Christ, it, all of that chaos will come together. So right and wrong are, are extremely important for God's solution. All right. We're running low on time, which is fine. Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll come back into this later. Uh, you know, next week we'll move on to verse 12, perhaps. So verse 11 is, is the, the verse that I think deep waters flow through this. You know, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who is working the all according to the counsel of his will. It all works perfectly together. You and I marvel. I marvel at electronic things. I just love electronic toys. I, 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 I had a heart attack, so I justified getting the Apple Watch because it can you know, monitor your heart. And this one actually does an EKG. You know, it's probably worthless, essentially, but it does. Oh, my heart's beating. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> good to know. Um, but if you take this thing apart, it's, it's amazingly intricate, right? I mean, it's a, it's a marvel. It's, it's miraculous. It's phenomenal. You know, pry, don't do this at home, but pry open your iPhone and take a good look at it. It's so um, well made and intricate. And, and what is my point? My point is this. It's actually nothing compared to God's creation. And we should be drawn to He's the creator. And Jesus sustains them he, according to the wisdom and knowledge of God. And we, we come back to Romans 11.33. Oh, the depth of the, the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? I mean, I don't know the mind of an Apple Watch. I, let alone a guy who makes hydrogen. A guy. <laughs> Forgive me, that's a little flippant. The God of the universe has made it, and he will bring it together, and he's the God of all grace. So this is what we look at. Receive his grace. You know, We come just with open hands of faith. Lord, I need your grace. 
my, my pile stinks. I'm not denying it. Would you please take this pile away? He took our iniquities and laid it on him, this creator of all the universe. And then, of course, our, our hymn of praise, verses 3 through 14, leads us to praise him. Praise his glory. Praise his glorious grace. Praise his grace over and over again. And then finally, I say expect big changes. Jesus is going to fix all of the chaos. And it's going to come all together in his time, in the fullness of time. And all people everywhere will know this. And be ready for the massive change that is coming. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for this tremendous text of Scripture. We know that you are the God of all, and even the breath you put in our lungs is a gift from you. We want to use every energy, every gift you have for your glory. Forgive us our sins, O oh Lord. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, we come to you on this first day of the week. We need a good start to serve you and honor you. So we praise your glorious grace through Jesus. Amen. Amen.